running uh, towards the Thanksgiving holiday until we can't run because the Sandman and I uh, will find it hard to get away from the table. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of good food. And uh, what's on your mind for Thanksgiving, the Big Turkey Day? What are you looking forward to the most? What dish is it? I am a stuffing uh, person. I love the stuffing. A stuffing aficionado. Hmm. I see. I love the stuffing, too. Um, and I heard this morning on a show talking about uh, potatoes, mashed potatoes. Some people like them plain, maybe a little butter. Some people like the gravy. Some people like the scallops. Some people like, I mean, there's so many different ways for potatoes. But got to have the potatoes, got to have the stuffing. Of course, the turkey. People have ham. Of course, uh, always look forward to the pumpkin pie, my friend. Are you, are you a fan of that? I am not a fan of pumpkin pie. I actually have a comedy bit about how much I don't like pumpkin. Are you? Were you born in the United States? <laughs> I was born in the backwoods, so yes. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know where it was, but I've got to check your DNA. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, your thoughts on Alan not liking pumpkin pie. First person I think I've ever met that said no pumpkin Well, I can't say that, but no pumpkin pie, Alan. That's, you're in a very small minority of folks that do not like pumpkin I think. People like this pumpkin spice. I don't think I go crazy pumpkin, but I do look forward to the pumpkin pie. What about apple cherry? You good with that? Uh, I'll do sweet potato pie. I'll do a little bit of apple pie from time to time. Okay. There you go. I'm a cheesecake guy. Like the cheesecake. Yeah. Okay. I see you. Anyway, we're, we're trying to already our minds in the food and we got to get back to the football. Hey folks, uh, welcome aboard the sports King show this morning as it is Tuesday, November 21st. Just a few days to go, and of course, I'm very thankful for the Sandman, Alan Sandage. Of course, he's doing amazing things for us behind the board, and uh, as he leads us each day on the Sports King Show, heard here seven eight every single morning, Monday through Friday, and of course, we will be off on Thursday. And uh, I'm thinking about this, Alan, with my team playing that. Day, well, my let me with my team showing up in the Texas region that day, mm-hmm. catching eleven right now. My mind wanders for a moment and says, maybe, just maybe, like Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber, played by Jim Carrey. So you say there's a chance. There's always a chance. We know that. And wouldn't it be something? And let me just throw it out there. Not that I'm expecting anything other than a potential beatdown. But just for argument's sake, if the Burgundy, excuse me, I can't even say that anymore. If the black and gold, and I'm not talking Pittsburgh, I'm talking Washington, who's basically throwing everything out associated with the once proud franchise. If the black and gold, if that's what they're wearing this week, but who knows, goes to Dallas and somehow finds a way, that would make my year, Alan. I can say that. It's sad to say, but it's always been that way. If you lose every game, but some kind of like the Ohio State Michigan, you can lose a lot of games, but don't lose that game. This is one of those games you want to get a check mark don't expect it but boy would that make the holidays bright for me just to say hey i got something you can hold over their heads something you can say hey maybe we were better than you that one day hey we beat the eagles last year and who expected that and they went to the super bowl so there you go as we begin this tuesday and before we get to Allen, we want to let you know last night the eagles uh pulled it off 21 17 and it was Marco Pimente who we invited on the show, but he may not be here today because maybe he was out partying last night, late <laughs> right. until the night or morning, and 
if I told you you won $1.6 million, you might do the same thing, and I couldn't hold it against you. But if he joins us with a call, I don't know how solid he'll be because after a night of partying, who knows. But uh, he cashed a ticket plus 10 with the Eagles, and he hedged it with the Chiefs. I think another 500000 for them. So he's trying to double dip. It did not work out that way. But over a million dollars richer this morning, Marco Pomonte. And, of course, congratulations to him. Not a bad way to start your uh, Wednesday morning, would you say? Not a bad way to start your, your week, Tuesday for morning. Yeah. I'm already, man, I'm thinking about Turkey Day already. To start your Tuesday morning, not a bad uh, way. And, of course, Marco can do what he wants to do right now. So... I'm going to break down this game. We're going to talk about Heisman hopefuls, your favorite dishes out there. You can let us know what they are and why, and much more. Before we do that, let's turn it over to Alan, who's got the top three stories of the day you need to know. And here is the Sandman. So the first story, obviously, you just covered. The Eagles get their lick back. Monday Night Football rematch sees the Eagles defeat the Chiefs 21-17. Eagles move to 9-1, and Chiefs fall to 7-3. Chiefs had a chance to win the game uh, late, but Marquez Valdez-Scantley dropped the wide-open pass, and the following fourth-and-long pass was also dropped as well. Alan, I've seen better hands on a Timex watch. Uh, this guy is blazing. Scantling, just uh, Valdez-Scantley, just blistered everybody uh, like a 100-meter champion down the field. Wide open. Patrick Mahomes with a long, long pass that hit him in the hands. And... Last I checked, NFL receivers' hands were important. Actually, you're supposed to use them. Had he used them after beating the defender in his wake, the Chiefs potentially would have been the winners of this game. It was that big a play, and the ball went out of his hands. And before that, a series before that, Travis Kelsey got the ball punched, and the punch is becoming the big thing now. Of course, uh, Peanut Tillman did it for years, but more and more players are coming in with that punch right on the ball, and it's hard to hold on to it. Kelsey dropped the ball. Afterwards, he said to the assembled media, yeah, this is on me. I fumbled the ball. I cost us the game. And even though he didn't, yeah, that's what leaders do. He took blame for it and said, we got to play better. So the Chiefs, in the first time Andy Reid has ever lost in a series against a former team, he was 11-0 and leading into this one. And now he loses the first one. And now it's including playoffs and Super Bowl 21-17. We'll break this down a little bit, uh, but there's a lot more to get to on this one. Story number two. All right, story number two is kind of juicy and has been under the radar. But in the court filing Monday, the New York Knicks said they're seeking more than $10 million in damages from the Toronto Raptors as part of a lawsuit alleging the theft of thousands of confidential files. Uh, The filing on Monday was just in response to the Raptors asking Commissioner Adam Silver to arbitrate the dispute back in October. Uh, The Knicks said that Adam Silver and Raptors Governor Larry Tannenbaum have uh, too much of a relationship for this to be a neutral agreement. So if you're unfamiliar with what happened, essentially, the Knicks had an employee for three years from 2020 to 2023. Uh, He was recruited by the Toronto Raptors summer 2023 and during that recruiting process he sent over thousands of files we're talking like deflate gate type stuff uh file scouting uh intel for almost three years worth of information he sent it to the Raptors and then he took the Raptors position this is unbelievable and uh, if true and it looks like it is and has some validity this complaint accused former Knicks, and it's going to be hard to pronounce this name, yeah. former Knicks employee 
Ichi Kuchku, and I guess if I did this, I, I'd want a name you couldn't pronounce either. <laughs> Ichi Kuchku Azotam, who worked for the Knicks from 2020 to 2023, he sent allegedly thousands of Raptor to the Raptors, thousands of confidential files, including play frequency reports, a prep book for the 2022-2023 season, video scouting files, opposition research, and more after the team began recruiting him to join their organization in 2023. The Knicks also accused Azotam, who worked for the Knicks as an assistant video coordinator, then as a director of video analytics, player development assistant of violating a confidentially call, confidentiality clause in his employment agreement, and alleged that members of the Raptors directed Azotam's actions and or knowingly benefited from Azotam's wrongful acts. Further, the Knicks alleged that the Raptors conspired to use Azotan's position as a current Nick insider to funnel proprietary information to the Raptors to help them organize, plan, and structure the new coaching and video operations staff, the lawsuit states. The problem I have with this, and the thing that stands out to me, is if you were in a position where you were a roving member of the NFL, NBA, NHL, whatever league it is and you have the ability to be in each building and you had the ability to get files from team a b c all and you could pick and choose and get some information and funnel it back to the raptors i could really see this being very problematic and why the team would benefit what i don't understand is this is only one team and while i get it and while this team plays this other team and while it is a situation that you look at and it's wrong on every level you say to yourself, one team, did they benefit that much from one team and what they were looking to gain here, obviously, uh, because they're in the same, uh, as far as uh, league and same uh, division, rather. They are trying to get that leg up, thinking the, the Knicks are doing something in terms of the Raptors, uh, as far as what they're trying to get from them and steal information that's going to benefit them in their Eastern Conference division. So you're looking at this, you're saying to yourself, you know, Raptors, Knicks, if they look at them as being the, the linchpin, if you would, and we would say, hey, the Knicks may make it all the way, that's the team that concerns me, let him get hired there, we'll get all the information there. So it's an ugly deal, it's a deal that benefited the Raptors, and now they want $10 million to wipe the slate clean. However, I, I just think there should be more severe penalties here because this is something really that they uh, not only benefited from directly from a team within their division, but a team that uh, they obviously stole from. So they don't want Silver to handle this. They want somebody else to. They need to come down hard. This can't happen, and somebody's got to be the fall guy. And if they are this team, the Raptors, and they lose draft picks or they lose something, it will send a really strong message to every other team, don't ever attempt to do this because you will have discipline, not a death penalty deal, but darn near close. It will cost you so many uh, draft picks, and your future will be put on hold because of something like this. This is so egregious. This is beyond... Uh, you know, it's one thing to try to steal a sign, Michigan, or signals somebody else, but to steal by sending somebody in as an undercover, you know, this is like the Trojan horse deal. You got a guy inside the building funneling stuff out. This is so bad and severe penalties. They say $10 million will clear the slate. We'll see how it works out. But now Adam Silver, he may be the arbitrator. We hope not, but we hope it's an individual that has nothing to do that sees this for what it is. So... Uh, the Raptors are saying the Knicks lawsuit is baseless and a public relations stunt, 
and just trying to save face for not having a good basketball team. But, <laughs> you know, it looks on the surface like it's bad news. So story number three. Story number three. Uh, it has to be talked about. Angel Reese is one of the most recognizable faces in women's basketball. Uh, and for the second straight game, she is not with the team. Uh, Coach Mulkey was asked about that, and she said, you always have to deal with locker room issues. Uh, sometimes you don't know about it. Sometimes you want to know more than you're entitled to know. I'm going to protect my players always. They are more important. She did not give a timetable for Angel's return, and everyone has a million questions. Where is Angel Reese? Uh, this one, you know, women's basketball that has gotten better and better. You look at Caitlin uh, Clark and what she's done and all of the greatness of the LSU women's basketball team and a sport that needs more eyes on it and more people following it. And they're trying to get more inclusion in terms of uh, getting people to support the sport more. And now you've got the premier sport team in women's basketball, the defending national champions, and their star player who, uh, you know, it's like, where's Waldo? You can't find her anywhere. And, of course, you ask Kim Mulkey in a press conference. She said, sometimes you want to know more than you're entitled to know. I'm going to protect my players. They are more important. She did not provide a timetable for Reese's return. She said, you know, basically, you're not entitled to know that, being the press. And then she went on to say, uh, she'll be here sooner than later. So... We hope to see her sooner than later, but I don't know. I think the sport needs Angel Reese, obviously, but uh, this stuff about, you know, she's not here and that's taken away from the team and everything else. Uh, They did win their game Monday at 106-47, home win over Texas Southern, but the storyline wasn't about the players on the court. It was about somebody who nobody knows where she is. So Reese transferred to LSU from Maryland ahead of the 2022-23 season. She was named the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament this season, averaging 17 points, 10.3 rebounds, and now she's nowhere to be seen. And you wonder about her mental health. Is it something there? Is it physical? We don't know anything, and the head coach isn't talking, so we'll see where it goes. Thank you very much for the top three stories of the day, Alan. And now as we welcome your phone calls, 804-327-0888. The Eagles, 9-1. and one. Are the Eagles, Allen, the best football team in the NFL? The record would say so. Do you see any uh, flaws in their game? Do you see anything that uh, weaknesses, anything that stands out to you? Or do you think that this is another potential Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I see a lot of weaknesses and flaws. And I think uh, Jalen Hurts uh, acknowledged that last night in his postgame comments. Sometimes it's the inconsistency of the offense, uh, their uh, inability to keep drives going, to extend drives. But their biggest weakness to me is their secondary. And it didn't show last night because the biggest weakness of the Chiefs showed more with their receivers dropping pretty much every single pass. But that secondary can be had, and I think that's something that will come up uh, later in the season like a a playoff-type atmosphere. I thought Devontae Smith was spectacular. Eight targets, one for 41 that broke the game wide open. But Jalen Hurts, let me go there for a minute. You know, I was critical of him coming out of Alabama. I didn't know how good he'd be. He's exceeded everything I thought. And, and definitely when I say I got it wrong on him, I feel I did because I just didn't know how his game and if he would be able to, you know, after getting beaten out by Tua Tungalavoa, how he was going to project as an NFL player. Well, he has proven so many people wrong. He's done an amazing job. 
But then you look at the game and the numbers. Beneath the surface, as we always talk about, he was 14 of 22 for 150 yards, won the 41-yard pass to Smith, and uh, intercepted one time. So no touchdowns. Uh he kept the car between the lines. He didn't do anything other than the one mistake that bad, like he did in the Super Bowl, one mistake. Sacked five times, so the offensive line did not protect him throughout. But he was very pedestrian outside of a couple good throws. He wasn't spectacular. And there's one thing about this guy that I don't know if it's a plus or a minus, but he may be the most emotionless player I've ever seen in my life. I mean, uh, I want to go over to him and grab his wrist and say, is there a pulse there? Because he has this blank stare, Al. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, just a total looking out into nothingness, no expression. You can't tell if he's high. You can't tell if he's low. You can't tell if he's happy. You can't tell if he's sad. I'd like to see a little more engagement with him, with his players, you know, giving them fives, getting fired up, all this. But he's kind of just sits there and just kind of like Ron Rivera in a sense. Not <laughs> that bad, but just a really, I'm here. I'm not really happy to be here. I'm just focused and I'm he, really. He has a very aloof attitude. Aloof. But, yeah, but I will say um, throughout his tenure at Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, even in his uh, rookie season, none of that ever came up as far as a complaint from from his peers and players and coaches. So I, I think it's just how we see it uh, or the perception on TV. And I will also say that I, I'm pretty sure that he's one of the new age athletes that has embraced mindfulness. Russell Wilson kind of does it too. Steph Curry kind of does it where they have this pregame thing they do where they kind of get in this centered mind and we don't see emotions. They're just internalizing it so that it doesn't take away from their play on the field. Hmm. Mindfulness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because he looks like he's in a... Uh, looks like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. A zen, <laughs> a zen type state, if you would. But, uh, you know, if it's working for him and the Eagles are 9-1, you can't complain if you're a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles and you wonder. But, you know, I guess who's a guy out there... I'm just trying to think in terms of, well, maybe Mahomes type. I mean, I want that guy that shows that fire, shows that excitement, shows that uh, he's happy to be doing what he's doing. At the same time, he's engaging and wants his players to get fired up, and Mahomes does that. I guess on the other side, Hurts doesn't. And I, maybe that's what bothers me. I want to see a guy, if you're making that kind of money and you're on that kind of team, it's almost like, uh, I'll give you an example, Bill Belichick, you think of all the Super Bowl wins, and all of the things he's done and all of the great uh, championships and Super Bowls. And when you see him at a press conference, it looks like he's getting his gallbladder removed with an oyster fork. I mean, the guy looks <laughs> as miserable as a human being can look. And I coached, Alan, not at the NFL level, but I remember what I always wanted to be considered was a player's coach, and I always wanted to be considered a guy that loved the game. And I enjoyed every victory because they're hard to come by. And when you get them – uh, you know, we went on a 24-game uh, uh, Magic Carpet ride, a winning streak, and I loved every minute of it. Yes, uh, you're intense while it's happening, but you want to enjoy, and the players have to say, man, you know, we all were in this, and we all got it done, and we all celebrate together, and we all uh, love each other, and we're in a position of, hey, let's enjoy every one of these versus, you know, on the Cleveland, on the Cincinnati. on the, You know you got to do that anyway. You're still going to prepare, but if you are that miserable and you can't enjoy the process – 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just my thoughts. What are yours? 804-327-0888. Should people enjoy the victory and the celebrations and the opportunity to get better every week or just be miserable every single week because you've got to go to work and do what you have to do? If you cannot enjoy the process, I think that's part of coaching, and that's why you work so hard to embrace your players and see their progression, see your progression, see your staff's progression. If you see all that happening and enjoy it, that is part of the deal, part and parcel of the deal. But Belichick, I mean, he literally, I, I can't, it makes millions of dollars, has won Super Bowls, has done everything you can do in the game. And you see him week to week, and he looks, well, I understand why now. Tom Brady's not around. <laughs> but in the past, he's always just looked like the most miserable guy in the room. Now, yeah. people that may know him may look at him differently, but. Uh, from the outside in, the worst job I think in America would be to cover his press conference on a daily and watch him and him being as boring and as plain and as in a, you know, uh, I don't know, you saw the game. I will say this, in Belichick's uh, defense, I've seen him outwardly smile where he couldn't contain it twice. Uh, Once when he was talking about Lawrence Taylor and the other time uh, when he talks about Ed Reed. He loves football so much. If you can find a player or find something that will stimulate him and show that, you know, you know what you're talking about, because I've seen him talking to Tom Brady as well. If you can challenge him mentally, then he's all for it. So you have seen this. Bill Belichick has been a football lifer. Let's say, I guess you would agree with me, a minimum of 40 years in the game. He's been in the game for 40 years plus, and I think that number is even low. Let's let's say 50 years of his life he's been in and around the game. His father was a coach. He's been a coach. He's done great things, no question about it. But in the 50 years that he's been a head coach or a assistant coach or a scout or whatever he's done, Allen has said he's outwardly seen him smile twice. Okay, so – You've seen him smile a couple times. It, it's almost like uh, finding Sasquatch and you know, finding him with a smile on his face. So that's what I'm saying. I, I just think if you're in the game as a lifer and you can only smile twice, uh, I don't know. It doesn't show much enjoyment or love for the game. So anyway, just a quick take. We're now turning on. Who is the gentleman or lady on the line, uh, Alan? Uh, my name is Leif, and I'm an Eagles fan. I live in Richmond. Did you say Reese? Leaf, like a tree or a plant. Leaf, like Leaf Garrett, yeah, the, have... the famous, uh, back in the 70s, the famous, Leaf Garrett was a famous uh, singer back in the day. He uh, was a big pinup guy. Is this Leaf getting? No, I'm just kidding. Leaf is on the line. Leaf is a Eagles fan, and he was singing Fly Eagles Fly all night. So your thoughts, you beat the uh, champs in the repeat of the Super Bowl. What's your takeaway? Nine and one, five and one, the best team in football, bar none. Your thoughts? Uh, we haven't we haven't done it pretty all season. We uh, it definitely um, we we sit there and we're we're doing more uh, turnovers on ourselves than getting give you know takebacks. So that's been like one of our cruts. Um, definitely think our uh, secondary is suspect. But as far as it goes with Jalen Hurts, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I'm glad I don't have like a rah-rah guy out there because, let's face it, you saw Mahomes lively every time he got tapped. Like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> 
So Leaf is making sense here, and I, and I get you. I, and maybe I want that hybrid guy. Just somebody shows a little fire, something that uh, you know, you know that they're engaged. You, you see what I'm saying, though. And I'm not taking anything from Hurts because I got it wrong when I saw him coming out of college. I didn't know he'd be this good. He's been amazing, no question about it. But do you see what I'm saying about that blank stare sometimes? It, it, and you look into the camera and you look at his face and it's like, this guy, nobody comes near him. It's like a pitcher throwing a no-hitter. It's like they just leave him alone. He has that kind of, as Alan said, that zen-like stare. And I'm saying, is this guy really having fun at this? Because it looks like he's just so into something. And as Alan said, maybe he's centered, but I guess you don't care at 9-1, and 5-1. and one. So what do you think? Uh, Super Bowl preview again? Uh, do you see anybody slowing the Eagles down? I mean, last night... 14 to 22, 150, one interception, sacked five times, maybe clean that up, and you say the secondary. But all in all, this team is really on track to do great things. I know you're kind of looking at it from different sides, what you can find wrong, but you got a lot to find right. As far as it goes, I mean, we already got like a cheerleader with uh, Nick Seriani. so why do we need two on the field, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, they're, they're great together. Uh, I think, like, Hurts overall, he's kind of like the uh, I'm not done yet, and he's just waiting to be at the end. He's kind of like uh, Barry Sanders. All You know, I'm in the game. I'm, I'm game for game. And then when my career is over, then I'll look back. That's yeah. what I feel like. He's okay, so after, after the game, Jason Kelsey, who played one hell of a game, that guy is unbelievable as a center, uh, and I hope he doesn't retire because he's that talented. Hopefully he can talk him into playing one more year. He said afterwards, listen, I'm really happy. I would have probably been happier if we would have put together a really dominant performance offensively and played great. He went on to say, I think the fact that we didn't do that makes it a little bittersweet. I think that defense is largely why we won the game today. Hats off to those guys, and I'm certainly happy to be 9-1. and one. But that's great when you hear a lot of the cheat, uh, a lot of the Eagles veterans and the players talking about, hey, we won, but we didn't play very good because if they would have said, hey, this is the best we can play, you know, there's no more room to get better. But these guys are all saying, hey, yeah, we won, but we didn't do anything great, and they're looking for more. That's going to make you feel really good. Oh, I mean, look, if you look at the only loss we have, we were up by two points, and then we were pushing it, and we did stupid play and gave an interception to the Jets. I mean, we could be undefeated. The last time we lost uh, last year uh, was because the Washington Commanders <laughs> or the D.C. Democrats, whatever you want to call them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ouch. As far as Ouch. it goes, like they, t- they took out Dallas Goddard with a dirty hit with a fumble, and then they were bragging about it and showboating the second half with the, uh, I don't know, the okey-doke we tried to do that went the other direction. It's this team looks phenomenal with him. I think he's got 30 wins and only three losses two seasons. He's a well, phenomenal quarterback. Marco Pimente won $1.6 million. He had your Eagles to finish off a 13-team uh, parlay. Did you do the Fly Eagles Fly song at the end of that game? Just curious. I definitely thought about that guy winning a lot of money. I did think that. So and, and this will I, make you... I remember hearing about that. This will make your Thanksgiving a little bit more special, I know. And before we get off the air with you, your favorite uh, dish you're looking forward to on Thanksgiving would be? Whatever my wife makes me. Hey, look at this guy. (laughs) 
Are you sure you're not in politics, Leaf? Come on now. Anyway, uh, do the Eagles. Last question. The Eagles win it all this year. Is this your is this your window? Is this your time? Eagles win it all. We always have a chance with uh, Jalen Hurts being healthy. So uh-huh. I think we're we're going to make it a Super Bowl. All right, Leaf. Thank you for the call. We'd love to have you back anytime, Leaf. And I'll tell you what, that guy. Talk about a great answer. If you're married out there, he gave the perfect answer. Is whatever my wife fixes me. See, this guy, this guy's smart, really smart. He knows how to play it. And so that situation is uh, unbelievable. He is all about the Zen like Jalen Hurts. Me, not so much. I like just a little emotion. You know, I like to see some fire because if I look in the eyes of my quarterback and I see blank stares, I wonder what's going on. I want to see, you know, something where he gets everybody fired up a little bit. Uh, but within, as he said, within reason, don't go crazy. What else is shaking there, Allen? Well, I was going to say he can't go but so crazy. A.J. Brown's got the crazy part down. <laughs> He's always mad. Yeah, that's true. And uh, But uh, the other guy is Devontae Smith. I mean, he's a guy that uh, got the ball and made big plays down the stretch, and he's always available. He's a speed guy, smart guy, and uh, super talented. They're a super talented team. It pains me to say that. And then Leaf had to say the, the Washington Commanders are Democrats. Or what. See, see, this is what I have to put up with, Alan. It's not bad enough that my team's been stripped down like a 57 Chevy in the back alley, but now I get the insults and the jokes, and you know, I go to a barbecue. Hey, you're the guy with the team with three names, or what name is it this week? Ugh. Anyway, we're Your gonna team take a has break. Multiple personalities. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna take a break. Come back, talk about some great food and some more sports. Who's gonna win the Heisman? We'll tell you when we return the Sports King after these messages. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond, and find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. One zero six one ESPN. Looking for a- flying high with the Eagles all night. He still sees a few areas to clean up, but. One area that I uh, want to discuss, what, what are your thoughts on the, they call it the city of brotherly love, and they call that play the, the uh, city of brotherly shove. Uh, that, that, of course, play on fourth down and one, it seems to be unstoppable. Of course, the Washington team stopped it when they fumbled. That was the only reason it stopped. But it seems like it's almost a guarantee, almost like John Riggins used to be on third and one, fourth and one. Uh, he always moved the chains. Very rarely would he ever get stopped. We didn't actually need anybody shoving, but the Hogs, sorry, Eagles fans. But no, the fact that they do that so well, uh, I guarantee the competition committee is going to look at that this year and say, wait a minute, uh, you're not going to be able to use somebody pushing somebody else. It's not how the game was intended to be, something like that. Uh, It looks like this is going to be short-lived. Do you think they will allow Philadelphia, who's just dominated on that play, to continue doing this? Or do you think uh, in the future the competition competition committee is going to say, hey, you can't do it. You cannot push another player. They have to do it on their own. I mean, there's been some attempts to kind of get it banned, but the angle typically is about injuries. I don't know if they can actually ban the play uh, outside of saying that you literally can't push somebody. Because honestly, let's be real. There have been plenty of innovations within football uh, prior to the brotherly shove that have seemed unstoppable. And at some point, somebody's figured out a way to stop it or slow it down. So I don't, I don't think they should do anything with it. Well, we've got Lamar, of course. He's been uh, talking. Of course, uh, he's a friend of yours and also a fellow 49er fan, Brock Purdy. 
They did a great job this past weekend. So you're feeling good, maybe not great, but they're doing some big things there. And uh, so congratulations to the 49ers, who seem to be rounding back into shape. But uh, the Eagles, apparently the top team in the league and a group that uh, we have all the confidence in the world in that they're going to go a long way. And so we will now turn to the phones and go out to Roger, a longtime fan of the show and the contributor and uh, painfully celebrates and supports the team I do. And I don't want to talk about that, but uh, let's go to Roger, see what's on his mind. Roger. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, I, I hope that the NFL do not um, change the rule. I mean, just let the other teams do it. If you're not as good at it, then, you know, that's on you. Or, you know, that's your job to stop it. So, well, I mean, don't create rules uh, because somebody thought of something and it works. That's just like baseball. If a defense want to put a shift on a pull hitter, why would you want to uh, say, okay, everybody can't shift? If you want to stop it, you know, <laughs> throw inside or it, bunt the ball down the third baseline or the first baseline. So, I mean, there's ways you could do it, but um, I hope that the, the NFL don't do stump, something like that. You know, I've, all, I've always wondered that, Roger, and I've always thought about that. If you're a hitter and you're a pro hitter and you got the shift on and nobody's on the third base side and you square exactly. up and you bunt the ball, that's – quote unquote frowned upon well it's also a base hit so you wonder yourself you know oh you shouldn't do that uh, integrity of the game well you know what you're leaving the third base side wide open and somebody does it then all of a sudden it's wrong so but i do understand what you're saying it's up to other teams to either stop it or live with the reality of it's going to happen so that situation in philadelphia seems to be humming along last night they get the big win there in kansas city and uh you know they're moving right uh, along as we thought they would this Thursday, I'm asking you to eat early, as I will, so we can let things digest so we don't get sick to our stomachs as I feel something bad could be happening in Dallas. I hope for the best. Uh, uh, I'm a commander's getting uh, 11 points. Jim Nance called us the Commodores a couple weeks ago, and I guess he listened to our show. Can we win this game? Will we win this game? Will we be respectable? Will we be humiliated? Uh, and... Uh, before we go to your answer, Dalton Collins comes on. He says, has there been a worse 9-1 team, multiple last possession wins versus commanders, lost to Jets? So he's saying no to Philadelphia, getting some fire this morning in his belly. But back to you, what do we do this week in terms of Thanksgiving? Eating early, I think I'm going to do that. I can't get sick if I eat while watching or just before. Uh, no guarantees. Roger, your plan for Thursday. Well, the plan for Thursday is to watch the game. And um, if it's like it was last Sunday, uh, let's just say there's no leaves in the backyard of my house after uh, halftime of, of the Giants game. And um, if we start off slow, then there will be no leaves in the front of the house. Um, so, so, Roger, that's where we are. Roger, you're, you're going to watch the game and then eat or try to eat early and let it settle before watching what you're going to watch? What's the game plan? Well, it's 22 of us, so we're going to probably watch the game because out of the 22, is always eight of them that's going to be late. So um, we'll, we'll watch <laughs> the game, yeah, and then uh, then I'll eat. Okay. So, and, look, uh, I, I'm, 
I'm 59 years old. I know not to take it that seriously. I don't have $1.6 million riding on this game. So. Right, right. And congratulations to Marco Pomonte. So what are your expectations for Thursday? He played awful last week. Ron Rivera, just about uh, speaking to every real estate agent in town, I'm sure. You got a uh, short week turnaround. You got Thursday. Can they, will they, A, put on a great game, B, cover, C, potentially win? What do you see? Beat down, wh- what do you see Thursday? Well, I think the effort is going to be there early. Um, you know, as you look at the team that Dallas really played, I mean, they beat the snot out of the Giants both times. And, um, I mean, Washington, we can't even beat the Giants. So um, I think, I mean, we're professionals. We're going to be on national TV on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I hope that Josh Harris or Magic or whoever addresses the team um, because it seems like Rivera definitely lost the players. So um, if if, if that happens, then I think we'll put up a good showing. But, I mean, talent-wise, I mean, Dallas, Dallas is just, that much better than us. Thanks, Roger. I really appreciate that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the favorite dish for Roger that you're looking forward to on Thursday would be? Um, boy, everything, really. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't buy food that we don't like. So. Got, gotcha. Good good um, answer. And are you a pumpkin pie fan, Roger? Uh, sweet potato. Oh, really? What's, what's going on with the yeah. sweet potato? I think I've been missing out. Anyway, Roger, as always, thank you for the call, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and uh, let's hope and pray it's not an embarrassment before a national audience on Thursday. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that's Roger and uh, Dalton throwing shade on, of course, uh, the Eagles. He's not feeling it, and uh, we heard that. My friend Karen Paradiso, and i got to say this, a longtime friend and a longtime Patriots fan, he tells me, he try, okay, we'll get to Patrick in a minute, and thank you for the call, Patrick. And Ken says to me all the time, Travis Kelsey says, he's not a tight end, he's a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. And I'm like, Ken likes soccer, he likes Formula One, so I say stick to soccer and Formula One because this guy's a tight end. Come on, man. Tell the sports king, Travis Kelsey, it's a wide receiver. Come on. Let's go out to Patrick. Patrick, what's on your mind on this Tuesday, November 21st? Well, I'm 32 years old, been a 32-year-long Commanders fan. Ugh. And uh, I got to say, Sunday was one of the toughest days I've had in my life. You know, I don't know what we're doing, but we need to figure it out because we got a young core in there. You know, they're loyal, they're hungry, they're ready to eat. We just got to put them in the right direction. I don't know, the O-line, got to do something, got to figure it out. That's what's on my mind. I was wondering what you thought going forward the best thing was to do. Well, real quick, do you think you should keep Rivera or fire him? Your thoughts. Uh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Do you think we should re- uh, fire Rivera or keep him to the end of the year? Your thoughts. No, Rivera, Riverboat Ron's got to go. We got to make the enemy head coach or, uh, you know, Heard some Belichick rumors, but honestly, I don't want that. I think no. we need to make the enemy head coach and uh, go from there, man. Fly well, forward. I was going to say this to Patrick. First of all, let me send my apologies, Patrick, to you. 
Bottom line is this, 32 years of nothingness for Patrick. And I can say this, you know, I rode in the limousine on one of the victory parades with Mark Rippon back in 1991. I was there with Riggins and the Hogs and the great times and the three Super Bowls. I got to go and skip school and go to Washington for my first Super Bowl parade. I celebrated all that, and this was once a great franchise just as you were barely walking. So the history was great, but like my grandson said to me, who became a Steeler fan after he was born 22 years ago, he said to me one time when he was wow. a teen, he said, hey, Grampy, I don't follow them because they don't win. And it just cut to the core for me. I was like, ow. But I oh, promise you this. Can't do maybe, that. Yeah, maybe with a new ownership Something and I know all you have to do is go back and look at the old videos, but we were a great franchise, and I hate to have to apologize to you for this, but I oh, feel no, very... yes, sir. I've I've done the history. I've been there. Uh, I think what we're going with the new ownership has been great, and I think we're on to great things. And like you said, you just got to stay loyal, and we're going to be there. Magic, magic's going to get us there. Well, I can tell you this: you, you are a loyal fan, and I appreciate you because. Uh, a friend of mine, Mike Neville, passed away a few years ago. He was a loyal Buffalo fan. He saw them go to four Super Bowls and lose, but he told me, I will always be a Buffalo fan. I will never change, and I just want to see them win a Super Bowl. Sadly, he didn't. Uh, but the fact that you're on this team and you support this team and you are a loyal fan because you haven't been able to see – uh, other than tape, an actual live performance where they were actually a great football team. But uh, hopefully, right. Thursday, hopefully Thursday, you think we got a chance or no chance? Yes, sir, I do. I think we got a great chance. You know how we play every day against the Cowgirls. And I just want to say I'm a loyal listener. Love listening to you every morning to work. And uh, let's go Thursday, baby. Well, Patrick, we hope, to hear from you, we hope to hear from you a lot more. And your favorite dish you're looking forward to on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I love, uh, did you say the best food? Or your favorite dish. What do you look forward to most? I, I'm a stuffing guy, sir. I love okay. stuffing. Pumpkin pie, maybe? Uh, chocolate pie for me. Some wow. stuffing, some turkey, and, uh, beating the cowgirls. That's all I need. And a Thank kiss from my wife. And uh, my son's name's Patrick, so I know you're a good guy. Thank you, Patrick, for the call. We look forward to hearing from you, hopefully after a win this week. Man, are we hoping for that. Anyway, so... What in the heck is going on? Am I that old school that I said pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie? I'm hearing sweet potato pie, chocolate pie. Is there anybody out there that still likes the pumpkin pie with the whipped cream? Alan, am I a fossil? What's going on here? Is this is my time passed with the pumpkin pie? What's going on? I don't want to call you a fossil, but I think it's a little bit outdated. I I, I think pumpkin pie is played out now. Oh, jeez, played out. <laughs> Speaking of play down and fossil, Big Al is coming up in about ten minutes. <laughs> I have to deal with that later, so watch Big what Big Al say. is coming up in ten minutes. And Big Al, uh, speaking of uh, older gentlemen, uh, eight to ten coming your way. You must ask him though during the show if he is a pumpkin pie fan. Of course, he's an old guy too, so uh, I'm sure that Big Al likes pumpkin pie. I, I think I, I just can't believe this. I'm almost in shock. I am in the United States, and I'm saying pumpkin pie and I just got told by my esteemed producer that it's outdated, maybe a little old school, maybe a little overplayed, so I'm living with that. So anyway, thank you, Alan, for taking away one of the great things I love in life, pumpkin pie. And now it's sweet potato pie. I'll try the sweet potato pie. I'll try the chocolate pie. 
I'll do that and uh, report back to you guys. But I want to do it early because I am worried about this game. Alan, any chance the Redskin-Washington Commandos get it done? You always got a chance, man. And um, the, the main thing to beating a team like Dallas is you can't turn the ball over. They get points from their defense. They're going to get, at, at minimum, they're going to get 17 to 20 from the offense. So if you get point, if you give points to them from the defense, then you're going to be in trouble. Well, here's the deal. We got to protect. Uh, we got to make sure we do that, and we got to make sure uh, you know, we do a great job. Uh, Lamar Reed St. Allen is tripping. He knows we have pumpkin as an option where we're from. Now, didn't I tell you that? I told you that it was something that you know where I'm from. It's something that's commonly eaten, but it's not for me. What about Lamar? Is he a pumpkin guy, or is he? He he, he most definitely is. Okay. Well, see, there you got one guy that knows what's going on that's going to wrap it up tomorrow more about your favorite treats and what you're looking forward to most on thanksgiving thanks to roger patrick uh, dalton uh there was uh how many call man these guys are lighting the phones up we appreciate it. and of course leaf who's celebrating his eagles victory that's going to wrap it up for all of us today on the sports king show that fossil himself the old guy big l coming your way next on the sports king show uh, now that we're done with the Sports King Show, it's Big Al Sports Phone for two hours, 8 to 10. Have a great, great Tuesday. We'll see you right and, right and early tomorrow. Take care. Congratulations, Eagles. 1061 